Hey guys, I'm Pastor Jason Shirley. I'm the associate pastor right here at Word of Life Church in Carlsbad, New Mexico. And I'm really excited that you have joined us today online. Just a couple of things. I want you to drop us a line if you're watching wherever in the world and let us know where you're watching from. We would love to hear from you. Second, if you want to partner with us today in a financial way, then you can give by texting 84321 and just text your amount, or you can go to our website, wolcarlsbad.com, and you can click the Give tab and give that way. The last thing today is that if you have any needs or anything like that that we can partner with you on, then drop us a line and send us that, and we're going to partner with you in prayer. I believe today is going to be a wonderful day. I want you to open up your heart to receive from the Word of God today, and always remember that God is madly in love with you. Let's get to the service. All right. Well, who's ready for some word this morning? Praise God. One, uh, one thing, last night I got a message from uh, our friends uh, uh, Alvaro in uh, Guatemala City, and uh, he was requesting that we pray for Guatemala. And because they have been, uh, they've been on lockdown and they thought things were getting better. And he said they got word that things were not getting better but getting worse as far as the COVID goes. And uh, so they, they thought they were moving towards opening up and, and that turned out to, uh, that things are kind of going the, the wrong direction there. And so while we're rejoicing here that we're moving in the right direction, um, so, anyway, if you would, uh, be sure and pray for, uh, for our friends, in, not only in Guatemala, but, uh, you know, we've got friends in Hong Kong, we've got friends in the Philippines, we've got friends in, uh, you know, uh, various places around the world. So, let's not only, let, let, let's not forget that this is not the only place that, uh, that we've had issues with, with COVID. And so um, with that in mind, we're going to get started today. And, uh, you know, we felt like we wanted to, to uh, uh, bring back some of the things. I, I heard a, um, a trusted prophetic word on television the other day. Um, that, that uh, he said that when you're in the middle of a storm is not the time to look for a, for a new prophetic word. He said what you need to do is go back to the, what God was saying before the storm. And, uh, you know, and, and that just struck me as such a powerful word. And so I thought... Uh, you know, I need to go back and, and stir up and remind you of what God said before the storm hit. And, uh, you know, the, the, the story that we're familiar with, we've talked about it around here a lot, and that is that Jesus told his disciples one day, he said, get in the boat, let's go to the other side. And so they all got in the boat, and uh, uh, Jesus went down into the, into the bottom of the ship and, or the bottom of the boat, and he went to sleep. And in the middle of the sea, the 
a, a great storm came up, and so much so that the disciples were fearing for their lives. And, uh, uh, you know, these are guys that were used to being on the sea. This wasn't a new experience for them. They were used to being on the sea, but yet they were fearing for their lives. And, uh, you know, they went and woke Jesus up and said, Master, don't you care that we're perishing? And uh, so Jesus got up and he, he rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a great calm, the Bible says, and then they went to the other side. See, Jesus never had a doubt that they were going to the other side. Why? Because he said, let's go to the other side. And when Jesus says, let's go to the other side, where are you going? Other side. Praise God. And so, uh, you know, Jesus then, he, he said, uh, you know, where's your faith? And, uh, you know, their, their faith was, was misplaced. Their faith, they, they were looking at the winds and, and, the, and, and the waves and, and they, uh, you know, there, there is a, um, there's an acrostic for the word fear. It is false evidence appearing real. False evidence appearing real. And, uh, you know, they were looking at some, some false evidence, and this false evidence was saying, you're not going to the other side. You're going to drown in the middle of the sea. You're going to, this boat is going to be capsized, and, and you're going to drown, and you're not going to the other side. But Jesus said, let's go to the other side. And so uh, when we have a word from the Lord, we need to remember what the Lord said. What did Jesus say before the storm? And, you know, the, the disciples, they were, they, were need, they were wanting Jesus to give them a new word, a fresh word, something else. You know, and when COVID hit in our nation and in our world, uh, many people began to look for a new word rather than remembering what the Lord said before. And, uh, you know, I heard people that spoke things about 2020 being a great year. And uh, then when COVID hit, they began to backtrack what they were saying. They began to back up on what they were saying uh, prior to that. And, you know, they had words that said, well, you know, uh, this is, this is where our faith is, and then COVID. And then they begin to back up and say, well, maybe it's not going to be such a great year. And uh, so they gave up on, on, on 2020 and wrote 2020 off very early in the year. And, you know, and I hope you haven't done that. Because I was thinking about that one day, and I was just questioning the Lord and and. and taking some time and listening to what the Lord was saying. And I thought, what, uh, um, Lord, did I miss it? Did, did I, you know, I had said 2020 is going to be a great year, greatest year ever. And um, so I began to look and said, well, Lord, did I miss that word completely? You know, it, it certainly appears that I did. Uh, 
But did I, and the Lord asked me a question. You ever ask the Lord a question and he answers you with a question? And uh, what he said to me was, what constitutes a great year? What, what determines whether it was a great year or not? And, uh, you know, and, and the way that most people would answer that question is, well, did I, did I make more money this year? Was I healthy this year? Was I, you know, uh, did I reach some goals this year? Did I, you know, the, are these things falling into place? Has my life been good? Has life been great? You know, where I'm, I'm comfortable and at ease. And, and primarily that's how people would constitute a, a, or, or define a great year. And so I begin to, to, to think on that. And it's always... Uh, Interesting to me how that, you know, I ask the Lord a question, he answers me with a question, and then he gives me the answer to the question that he asks. And the answer to the question that the Lord asked me, what constitutes a great year, he said a great year is when heaven's agenda is advanced. A great year is when heaven's agenda is advanced. You see, God has a purpose and a plan for us on planet Earth, and He has an agenda that He wants to have accomplished. And when we look, you know, if sometimes we're looking at at our agenda and saying, well, it's not a great year, it's a bad year because my agenda wasn't advanced. But when we look at, is God's agenda being advanced? And, you know, sometimes we have to learn a new way of looking. We have to learn a new way to see things. And, you know, we could say even, you know, if I ask that question, uh, well, was God's agenda advanced? Most often, we would look around at church, and we would say, well, is church attendance up? Is church atten-? Well, we haven't even been able to do that, you know, for, for a, a, a big chunk of the year, a big portion of the year. We haven't even been able, you know, we've been limited on how many people we can even have here. So we can't go and, you know, and really try to promote uh, church growth because, um uh, because of the restrictions that have been put on us, but is that really true that we can't promote church growth? You know, we've been, we've been doing some things, and, and you say, well, was heaven's agenda advanced? You know, the, the thing that God had in mind, have we moved any closer to that? Well, first of all, I've got to say, that yes, in a lot of ways, in many ways, uh, w- if, if we'll take the time and look and see with spiritual eyes, we will begin to see that yes, heaven's agenda was advanced. You know, uh, one thing that, that comes to my mind is uh, the online broadcasting. You know, we were doing online broadcasting for for, uh, you know, three or four years before COVID hit. 
We, we were already doing that, so we were in a good place, in a good position. But one thing that I saw happen in the midst of all of this is that churches that were not doing anything uh, to reach out, suddenly they began to embrace, you know, in fact, uh, a, a lot of pastors that would preach against social media and this kind of thing, and they were you know, strongly opposed to, to new technology. All of a sudden, we've got them online. All of a sudden, they're being seen in places they've never been seen before. All of a sudden, their message is being heard in places it's never been heard before. You know, and uh, uh, the online broadcasting is, you know, I, I've been saying this for a number of years that uh, God has given us tools for reaching the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And if God's given us tools that we can use to further the gospel and we refuse to use the tools that he's given us, then shame on us, you know. Why are we not using what he's given us? Why are we not using what he's put in our hands? And so the message is getting out, and it's getting out to people who might not otherwise have even seen it, who otherwise may have not ever, they may have never walked through the doors of a church, but church is now coming into their living room. Church is now coming onto their desktop. Church is now coming onto their, their uh, smartphone. And they're hearing the message in the gospel of Jesus. Praise God. Now, there's a lot of other things. COVID's not the only thing that's been going on. There's been a lot of unrest in our nation, a lot of political and a lot of social unrest in our nation. Um, uh, civil rights unrest and, and, and things like this that have been going on. And what is happening, and, uh, you know, there are a lot of things that are going on that should not be going on. But in the midst of all that, the people of God, if we'll pay attention, you know, God is speaking some things in the middle of all this. God's speaking some things to us, and, and, and he's changing our hearts about some things. I hope that your heart has changed about all this. And that, um, you know, one thing that, that uh, uh, God has called us, you see, Jesus said, uh, you know, I give you a new commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. I give you this new commandment that you love one another. And, uh, you know, when we begin to look around, we have not, as, as, a, uh, as a church, and I don't mean as Word of Life Church, I mean as the universal church, the church hasn't been loving one another. You know, and if we don't love one another, how are we going to love our enemies? How are we going to love our uh, 
those that are, that are in opposition to us, those that have a different viewpoint than we have. You know, I, I want you to examine your life on a personal level. Are you growing in love? See, because the Bible says that if you walk in love, if you fulfill the love commandment, you will have fulfilled all the rest of the law and the, and the prophets. You will have fulfilled all of the other commandments if you love one, one another. And so, you know, we need to make it our goal, and this has kind of forced the issue. You know, I've said many times from, from this pulpit that there is no place in the body of Christ for racism. It, it, there's no place for it. But, you know, let's be honest, it, it, it's happening within the walls of churches. It's happening within the hearts. I say the walls of churches, uh, you know, maybe we're talking about the, the walls of a physical brick-and-mortar building, or do you realize that this body, this is the walls of church, you know, and uh, racism is happening within the walls of this, this church, I mean the body church, the, 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 within the hearts of of God's people, and it should not be. Do I have all the answers of what to do about it? No, I don't. I don't. But I'm responsible for one person, and that's me. You know, and I trust that, you know, you've got a choice to make. You can get angry, or you can do some self-examination and see, am I part of the problem? Or am I part of the solution? Praise God. And I trust that, that this is the, these things that are going on in our nation, in our land, in our world, are forcing us to examine ourselves and see what's going on on the inside of this temple. Praise God. Now, um, I shared a, a prophecy. The last... Sunday morning of 2019. I shared a prophetic word, and I went back over this word this week to see, you know, uh, and, and remember what the Lord said. And here's what the prophecy was. It says, I has not seen, and ear has not heard, the things that I have prepared in Christ. But I am opening spirit eyes to reveal to this me generation the way things look through the lens of the cross. For I say this generation that shall arise will care less about what's in it for me, what's in it for them personally, and will seek what's in it for me, capital M-E, talking about God, talking about the Lord. 
He said, they'll, they'll seek what's in it for me. And because they seek the expansion of my house, all that is mine will be accessible as they have need of it. And I will give them an open-ended expense account, for they will not ask amiss to consume it upon their lust as previous generations have done. But I shall ask, what shall I give you? And they shall answer, give us souls. And because they have not asked for wealth and power, I will respond as I did to Solomon. I will give them wealth and influence, and if it were possible that anything could be difficult uh, for me, it would be difficult for me to make them wealthy because they would spend it all on souls. But they will be accused by the selfish and greedy of chasing after money, but it will not be true. Did I not say in Proverbs 13, 22, the wealth of the sinner is laid up for the just, for those who will do justly with it? And did I not say, Proverbs eleven twenty five, the generous soul will be made rich, and he who waters will also be watered himself. But if in hearing the word of this prophecy, you were attracted to the talk of wealth, it is not for you, it is not you to whom I speak. I now have a word for you. Repent. Change your mind, and I will grant you repentance that you may be a part of the me, capital M-E, generation. See, this is the word that the Lord shared with us. And what I see and what I saw when, when the Lord gave me this word was a, a generation that is raising up. You know, we have had over the years, we have had talk of, of prosperity. We've had a lot of preaching on prosperity. We've had... Um, a lot of talk about signs and wonders and, and, and the things that, that God would do in the earth. Well, you know, those things are not, uh, God hasn't, hasn't put those things away and, and said, well, you know, sorry, uh, I really wanted to do that, but I, I can't do it because of COVID. God hadn't done that. If God said it before the storm we're still going to the other side. Praise God. If God said it before the storm, that's still what he plans to do. So I want to break this, this word down for you a bit. He said, eye has not seen and ear has not heard the things that I have prepared in Christ. We have not even begun to grasp what God has done in Christ. We're only, we've only scratched the surface so far. You know, I remember a thing that uh, uh, Pastor Joseph Prince from Singapore, um, he said he saw had a, had a dream, and in his dream, he said, God took him out into the middle of the ocean and, and dipped him, dropped him into the ocean, and then pulled him back out. And he said, now you're wet. 
He said, that's how much grace you have experienced. But the rest of the ocean is the grace you've yet to discover. And, uh, you know, this, this is what God has said. We have experienced, I has not seen nor ear heard, we've only experienced a small portion of what God has done for us in Christ. And there is so much more for us to discover. And just because COVID hit doesn't mean we should, sh- should stop discovering and seeking out what God has done for us in Christ. Praise God. He said, I has not seen and ear has not heard the things that I have provided or prepared in Christ. And then he said this, but I am opening spirit eyes. The apostle Paul prayed for the Ephesian church that the eyes of their understanding would be enlightened. He said, I, I am opening spirit eyes to reveal to this me generation. You see, this generation has been called the me generation because they've been very self-centered and, and focused on themselves. And, and, and the question is always, what's in it for me? What's in it for me? And so they've been called the me generation. It's all about me and mine and, you know, taking care of me. And then he said, I will reveal to this me generation the way things look through the lens of the cross. See, when we begin to look through the lens of the cross and look at the way things are in our world and look at what's going on today, and and, and we begin to look through the lens of the cross, things look incredibly different. Here's what we have to understand, is that our God, he, He dwells in a timeless realm. So, because He is in a timeless realm... He's already been to the end. He already knows how things are going to end. He already knows what is, what is going to take place. And he, he has seen the end from the beginning. This is why the Bible calls Jesus the lamb that was slain from the foundation of the world. Why? Because from the very beginning, God already knew what was going to happen. He knew about the fall, and he knew about COVID. And he already dealt with it from the foundation of the world. God does things in Christ. He, he, everything God has ever done, he's done in Christ. And Jesus was the lamb that was slain from the foundation of the world. So in the mind of God, he had already dealt with it from before time began. Praise God. And so we're asking him to deal with this situation. And he says, I did that before time began. I did that in Christ. I did it at the cross in Christ, but in the mind of God, the cross didn't happen 2,000 years ago by our timetable. The, time, the, the cross happened in the mind of God before time began, before creation. 
It was already established and already done. God had already dealt with everything you're dealing with today. He had already dealt with all the situations in our nation, in our world, all of the uh, 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 of COVID. God had already dealt with that before time began, and he dealt with it in Christ, slain from the foundation of the world. Praise God. Praise God. Now, let, let's go on. When we look through the lens of the cross, things look incredibly different. And when we look through the lens of the cross, we see a not a problem, we see a solution. Jesus was the solution to the problem. Praise God. Now, Ephesians chapter 1, verse number 3 says this. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, or in Christ, just as he chose us, notice this, in him before the foundation of the world. So we quote that a lot that Jesus is the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. He chose us in him before the foundation of the world. Praise God. From the very foundation of the world, you were chosen in Christ. And what did he choose you for? That we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Now, when you look through the lens of the cross, this is what you see. We were chosen in him to be conformed to the image of his son, to be conformed to the image of Jesus. Praise God. You were chosen before the foundation of the world. Why? Because that's where Jesus went to the cross, before the foundation of the world, in the mind of God. And you were right there at the cross before the foundation of the world. Praise God. Do, do you see that? You know, I mean, we, we can see Jesus in the mind of God. God knew what was going to happen before the foundation of the world. And so Jesus was crucified in, in his mind at, at that point in that time. But how often do we look at that passage that the Apostle Paul penned, you were chosen in him before the foundation of the world? Praise God. Praise God. In, in the mind of God, you're going to the other side before the foundation of the world. In the mind of God, you were perfected in him before the foundation of the world. Praise God. Now, he says, you were chosen that you should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself 
according to the good pleasure of his will. Praise God. Now, in uh, the, the next part of this, it says, For I say, this generation that shall arise shall care less about what's in it for me and will seek what's in it for me, God, what's in it for him. You see, God is raising up. We have seen a selfish generation come onto the scene that is all about themselves and what they can get out of it. And I, I'm not, when, when I say that, you know, many of us are, we're, we're thinking about a generation that is, you know, maybe under the age of 25. But you know what? My generation has been pretty selfish too. And, you know, it, it hasn't been, where do, where do you think the generation that is, is called the me generation, where do you think they got it from? They were taught it by us, by my generation. And so, you know, it, this is not a new phenomenon. This is not a new thing that's just happened in recent years. This is something that has been going on for generations and it's been escalating but there is a generation that yes they've all been it's all been about them and their selfish desires and selfish needs and what they feel entitled to but you know God says I'm going to raise up out of this generation and he didn't necessarily mean a a young generation, an old generation, a middle-aged generation. No, that's no. He, he just meant this generation that's on the earth right now. That's all ages. Praise God. He says, I am raising up out of this generation, I am raising up a generation that will be all about the expansion of the Lord's house. Praise God. He said, I'm raising up a generation that is going to ask, how is this going to impact the kingdom of God? You see, many times we don't even think to ask that question. You know, we, we go about our daily lives. People make major decisions in their life without ever asking the question, what I am about to do, what I am considering doing, how is it going to affect the kingdom of God? That ought to be the first question on your mind. You know, if I do this, if I make this decision, what kind of an impact is it going to have on the kingdom of God? On the expansion of the Lord's house. And, that ought, and, and God says... That when this generation is raised up, he says, I'm going to give them an unlimited, a, a uh, limitless expense account. You see, but the problem has been, you know, with all of the preaching and teaching that we have had on prosperity in the last 25, 30 years. It has mostly been about how to drive a nicer car, how to wear more expensive clothing, how to 
live in a bigger house. And it's all been about those kind of things. And, and God is saying that, he said, I went to a man named Solomon and I said, what can I give you? And Solomon said, because he was a king, he said, give me the wisdom to rightly rule your people. And he said, this generation that I am raising up that is going to be the capital M, capital E generation, the me generation, I'm raising up these people, this group of people, this generation of people, that they're going to ask, how is this going to impact the kingdom of God? And when I say, what can I give you, they're not going to say, give us more money. They're going to say, give us souls. Give us souls. You see, the Bible says this. James wrote this. He said, you ask amiss that you may consume it upon your lust. And that's what generations past have done. God has, has taught us about prosperity, but all they can think about is what they drive and what they wear and what kind of house they live in. And how much money's in their pocket. And that's all they can think about. He says, but this generation that I'm raising up is going to be a generation that says, give us souls. And he says, if anything would be difficult for me, which it's not. But he says, if there would be anything difficult for me, it would be difficult for me to make them rich. Because everything they put their hands on, they're going to spend it on souls. Now, I assure you that when you do that, God's got a way to make you rich. But souls is first. Souls is first. Praise God. And he says, I'm going to give them, you know, because it would be, because their heart is after souls, I have no problem opening up the heavenly bank account for them and whatever they have need of. See, God's raising up this generation. And right now you may look around and you may not be able to see it with natural eyes. But if you can look through spiritual eyes, if you can look through the eyes of the cross, if you can look for what God's plan was from the foundation of the world, you'll begin to realize that God truly is, you, you mark it down and you, you uh, uh, put a date on it and say, Pastor Daniel said God is raising up this generation. You mark it down, you're going to see this generation begin to rise up. And things are going to look different than what they've looked in the past. Praise God. Is heaven's agenda being advanced? Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, he says, because they seek the expansion of my house and all that is mine will be accessible to them as they have need of it. I will give them an open-ended expense account for they will not ask amiss to consume it upon their, their lust as previous generations have. And then he says, 
in, in Luke chapter 16, verse number 11, get this. Therefore, if you have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, who will commit to your trust the true riches? What's true riches? Souls. Who's going to commit to your trust? Souls. Souls is the thing that's most valuable to God. Money means nothing to God. Money is, is, it's just a tool that we need here on earth. And it means absolutely nothing to God. But the true riches is souls. And when we can get our eyes off of the money and get it on the souls, then the money will be no, no big deal. It, that, that's nothing to God. Praise God. Matthew chapter 15, verse number 8 says, These people draw near to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. And in vain they worship me, teaching as doctrines the traditions of men. So he said there is a generation that is on the earth right now that, that uh, you know, they're, they're not really concerned about the things that concern the kingdom of God. They're only concerned about themselves. He says, I'm raising up a generation that won't be bound by that. And I'm going to have to continue this next week because we just can't get there today. Praise God. Praise God. Unless, unless you want me to just keep going and, you know, and uh, I'm not asking for a response. I'm not, <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, God is, is, is he's changing the landscape of our nation. He's changing the landscape of our world. Praise God. And we are coming out of COVID, but we're not going to come out of it the way we went in. You know, I'm pretty sure the disciples, when they reached the other side, weren't like they were going in. I'm sure they began that, that somewhere in the middle of this, their viewpoint changed. Praise God. And in the middle of all this, at some point, our view has got to change. Praise God. And we've got to begin to see with spirit eyes into God's plan and purpose. Praise God. We'll pick this up and continue. Amen. If you have never received Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, you see, it's what we're here for. It's souls, your soul. Praise God. That we're, that we're after Praise God. Why? Because God's after it. God's after your soul. He's after you. Praise God. He wants you. Praise God. Right where you are, whether you're in this room or whether you're watching online, if you've never received Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, God has offered you the greatest gift. Jesus went to a cross, and he paid for your sins so that you could have new life. And from the foundation of the world, God saw you today. Praise God. And he saw that you would come to believe upon Jesus today. Praise God. 
So if that's you, if you have come to believe upon Jesus and saw your need for a Savior today, I want you to pray this prayer with me. When we get to the end of it and we say amen, at that moment, at that instant, you will be saved. Praise God. If you pray this and mean it from your heart, if you don't mean it, nothing will happen. But let's say this together. Say, God in heaven, I thank you that you sent your son Jesus to die on a cross for me, to pay for my sins so I could have new life. Today I choose Jesus to be my Lord, to be my Savior. I believe that you raised Jesus from the dead so I could have new life. And I choose Jesus today. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. Praise God. Thank you once again for joining us today online. We value you, and we want to hear from you. If you made a decision for Christ today, you can select I Choose Jesus on our website, and we've got a couple videos for you to watch so that you can get started on your walk with God. We've also got a free ebook that you can download right from our website called I Choose Jesus, and I want to encourage you to do that. Once again, thank you for joining us, and remember that God is madly in love with you.